Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Bethel Radio Hour, where Bible study and radio collide. Tonight we will be discussing Romans chapter 7, verses 12 through 17, and sharing current events. And let me get to my notes. We started before I was ready. Okay. Oh, it's through 11. So Romans chapter 7, verses 7 through 11, sharing some life's oh, current events. And then conversing about raising children. I am Molly Kingston. I think I... It's 12 through 17. At least that's what we're going to do tonight. That's what I thought, but I didn't change it in my notes. It doesn't matter if I have my notes. I didn't fix them. Um, Joining me on the panel is Pastor Ben Kingston, Dr. Gavin Hooks, and Mr. Ryan Mayberry. Gentlemen, riddle me this. How do you spell cow in 13 letters? (laughs) Cow in 13 letters. C-O-W-I-N-T-H-I-R-T-E-L-E-T-T-E-R-S. No. <laughs> no. That was that a good was answer, clever, though. Right. That was a clever so we answer. get the short minds on this yeah. If anyone in the audience thinks they have the answer, you may text the number on screen. I'll give you a few more seconds to think about it. Cow in 13 letters. I got nothing. Lebet, do we have anything? Yeah, I've got. Then? I've got to have a piece of paper. <laughs> there. Okay. If you think you day. have the answer, in the I'm trying audience. Trying to think a type of steak that would make thirteen letters. <laughs> no, like the actual word cow. Oh, okay. How would you spell it in thirteen letters? And if you have any other things that you would like to text in on any topics of discussion we broach tonight, make sure you text in the number on the screen. And as always, if you listen later online, please comment your answer on the Facebook post and then like and share so others can join in on the fun. So again, like I said, Romans chapter 7, verses 12 through 17. So this is most people's favorite Pauline passage because it shows Paul's humanity. Years and years and years ago, we had a lady at this church that did not like any of Paul's writings. He did, she didn't want to hear a message on Paul because she had convinced herself that Paul was perfect and therefore she could not relate to Paul and he frustrated her. Well, you know, I guess to some level I can understand that other than just the fact that that's a faulty thinking. There's no person perfect except Christ, and, uh, you know, they killed him for it. And so uh, I don't think a perfect person would fare very well uh, in this fallen humanity. And so uh, Paul was every bit as human as you or I. He was as every bit flawed. He struggled just as you and I struggle. So... The reality is, and we say this all the time, if you see somebody knocking it out for Christ, all that means is you can too. That, that's all that means. But Paul, in this passage, talking about the law and sin, makes it clear is that you know once law had brought sin to him and helped him realize that he was a sinner, it was a school teacher, uh, he, he gives this reality that the very thing that I did not want to do, I would do. The very thing that I t- wanted to try to do, I couldn't do, and such of that nature. And, and, and again, this should give us encouragement. Uh, 
arguably the greatest missionary ever lived, the greatest Christian ever lived, struggled on a daily basis. But yet, you know, and this is a joke that I share with people, usually when people tell me that they're struggling, they're not trying to pat themselves on the back, nor are they trying to say something positive, but usually I will say, good, and they'll look at me. I'm glad you're struggling and you hadn't just given in because that's the difference. So, wherefore, the law is holy, this is verse 12, and the commandment holy and just and good was then that which is good made death unto me, God forbid, but sin that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. And i got to look at my... For we know that the law is spiritual... But I am carnal, Paul says, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more that I, I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I think if I were to agree with anything with the lady you were referring to, it is frustration because I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't write any notes on this because I could not understand it. Could I actually probably understand it after some time? Yes. But when I was trying to read it, I was like, this is heck confusing. Sure. There's a lot of do, I do nots, and not allow, and could not, and would sure. not, and should That's not. That's funny because this is like the only section so far that came to me immediately. The rest <laughs> of them, I'm just like, what is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hear it, Ryan. <laughs> well, he's just basically the same struggle we all have. He wants to do one thing, and he's doing another, and he knows good and well what he needs to do, he wills to do the right thing, but then the sin within him uh, rebels against that. Like like he says, when he hears the law, it's like telling a little kid not to touch something. What if, if you tell them, they want to do it. So now that he's heard the law, he has that desire in him against it, and it's uh, the two fighting against each other. So if you've been sitting in the back seat with your brother or sister, and the parent says, you know, Barry, quit touching Ben, what does he do? Yeah. Just gets right, right, I mean, right there. He's still getting too close, Mom. You know, so anyway, amen. Uh, well, let's start up here at the top. Wherefore, the law is holy and the commandment holy. So he's trying to make the argument that, that the, the, the law of God is not wrong, bad, or indifferent. The law of God is God's schoolmaster to show us that we need a savior it reveals the sin it doesn't cause the sin that's right that's absolutely right the and, and i'm not going to get into current events but i could one of the most difficult things of is getting people lost well i i think that when i get to heaven god's going to weigh my good against my bad no he's not he's going to weigh your works against the works of christ and nobody's going to win that. So there's another passage where Paul says, there is nothing good in my flesh. In fact, I think it's coming up in chapter 8. And so it's extremely important, especially for salvation, that we understand that there's nothing good in us. If you listen to my preaching Sunday in Sunday, I will share that many, many times. There's nothing good inside of us that would commend us to God. Nothing. And so when you and I embrace that reality, that causes us to look to Christ, to look to the cross. And so, you know, Paul's making that argument here 
Uh, was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin. And, and, and again, as humans, all we try to do, it seems like, is dress up sin. Well, I'm really good at my heart. I'm, I'm really trying. You know, well, okay. But that's still not enough. <laughs> you you got to quit trying. You've got to let go of the rope, if you will, and trust in God. So I wanted to share this little illustration. This is a true story. Uh, a woman had a boa constrictor, and the it got huge, and she fed it. You know, she took excellent care. She was single. They slept together. And so... Uh, unadvisable. Very unadvisable. And there came a stretch of time that the snake quit eating. And she was getting concerned about the wel welfare of the snake. And so she took the snake to uh, the doctor and the veterinarian uh, after, you know, looking at everything. And sh she said something that just really, you know, made the hackles of his neck hair stand up that the snake had been doing an odd situation where it would basically line up with her and and you know he was measuring her up she didn't realize that and so the the vet told her he's emptying his stomach so that he can hold you <laughs> and she's like <gasps> what you know and so she got rid of the snake uh well that's what your sin is doing your sin is measuring you. You're, you don't have a pet lion. You, you don't have moderation in the hanging. You can't make, you know, good with sin. Sin is seen as death. So, so that's his next phrase there. Working death in me by that which is good. In other words, the law is good, but it shows sin what it really is. That sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. Now, you know, this is something that we struggle with because we, we don't want to admit our sin is bad, our sin is unholy, our sin is wickedness, and as such. But, I, you know, as I was working on this the other day, I just wrote this. Death is not fun. Death is not harmless. Death is not an alternative. Death is not one's own opinion. Death is not one's truth. It's not freedom of choice. It's not liberal. It's death. That's what it is. And all of those things are things that I have heard people trying to dress it up, you know. Uh, and, and, and you just can't. You can't dress up death. So when you put death on the same level of sin, then you see sin for the exceeding sinfulness that it is. Comments? I was reminded of the, the man of the Gadarenes when you're talking about a pet lion or a pet snake. The people, the Gadarenes, they didn't really want a, a revival, a, a, a change of life following Christ. They wanted business as usual, but they wanted to keep the men of the Gadarenes in prison or in ropes or in chains and to control him. And when Jesus came and cast all those demons out of them, uh, I think the demons were pretty, were making a strategic play to go and ruin their economic income. Right. An unclean income, if, if right. I could say that, spiritually speaking, and yeah. all the hogs run into the to the sea. They they knew right away that man, this could cost us. This right. could cost us. And instead of 
turning their life to a wholesome uh, way and, and, and the good way, they said, please leave our territory. We don't, we don't want to, we're not ready for this kind of change. So Jesus told the man of the gatherings to stay with them and tell them what, what Christ had done for them. But they just wanted to have a pet uh, or, or keep it at bay. You can't, sin has to be defeated. It has to be That's right. completely cast out. And, and, you know, this even has that, that political side of it, too. For how many years in the United States of America, our political system has built on, been built on compromise and good compromise? Uh, one side gives a little, the other side gives a little, and you get along and everything's good. And around 1960 to 1970, then all of a sudden we started playing around with death, you know. Uh, all of a sudden it's legal to take the life of an unborn child. There is no compromise on that. Somebody's got to win. And so, you know, obviously we as Christian folks, we want godliness to win. We want freedom to win. We want life to win. And, and so there's no compromise with that. So, somebody has to, instead of compromise, they have to change their opinion. Uh, and so you and I, when it comes to our sin, we have to change our opinion. There's no compromising with God. God, won't you let me just keep this one? No, it'll destroy you. Was it, uh, it was Churchill in that movie, Darkest Hour, he said, you don't negotiate with the lion when your head is in his mouth. And right. Essentially, when it comes to sin, your head is in its mouth when you're trying to compromise That's or right. live with sin. Essentially, your head's in its mouth. If you haven't watched that movie, that's a good one. Um, Go ahead. I was just going to say, while I was sitting here thinking, which is very hard for my brain right now, I thought, you know what? I should check the message because it will, excuse my language, dumb it down for me. Because I was, I, like, I've heard this passage before, and I understood it because mm -hmm. it's been broken down into messages. But I liked what the, how the message put this verse here. Sin simply did what sin is so famous for doing using the good as a cover to tempt me to do what would finally destroy me, like you're talking death. Right. By hiding within God's good commandment, sin did far more mischief than it could ever have accomplished on its own. Very I good. I liked how it put that. If you're not familiar, uh, Eugene Peterson uh, wrote the message. The message is not a version that I would encourage you to uh, study doctrine with, but it is a very good uh paraphrase yeah and i think it's good for especially it's devotion. new christians it's a good devotion. Yeah, yeah yeah to kind of break down what could be potentially difficult to understand right. and then definitely go into a, a version a bible version that's been transliterated from a hebrew passage the original bible. translated right the uh the whole thing of why well, you know it's got two hard words i just can't understand it the message is a good segue into a deeper you know, version uh, cl closer to word for word type thing. A uh, little, little advertisement there. So, uh, for that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. And so, you know, again, he's, he's showing that struggle. So, I, I know I'm supposed to, you know, not say those wrong words, but yet, when my thumb gets spread from side to side with the hammer, I find myself saying those words, you know, type thing. And now I, I am convinced 
that you can overcome. For one, I, I have experienced it. Uh, it's still a struggle today, uh, but the bottom line is, is when I work at it, I can remove those words from my mouth. It's not me that's doing it. It's the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of tools that you and I can use uh, to keep ourselves from sin. You know, it, it's not just a one bullet, you know, shot. You've got the Word of God, the Spirit of God, uh, then you've got the Church of God, you've got the people of God, and all of those are to be utilized to help you to overcome sin. One of the uh, smart people I've read, I can't remember who it was, it was Schaefer or um, C.S. Lewis, said that there's a side of me that enjoys sinning, and there's a side of me that wants to do right. And, and he said it's, I, I, it was always a constant battle between the two to help the side that wanted to do right win. Then he realized, I've got a third part of me, too. I've got a third part of me that hates the side of me that sins and loves the side of me that wants to do right. Hmm. So when I, when I yield to that, and I'm presuming he meant conscience, sure. where God can talk and work, uh, it helps me make a way for the side of me that wants to do right. So a, a word that comes to mind that I use quite a bit is exposure. I don't think it should be surprising that if you sit down with TikTok for the next six 24-hour periods. Your brain will ooze out your ears. Your brain will ooze out your ears, and you will probably think and say all sorts of unbelievable stuff. Oh, there is a God side of TikTok. I doubt it. But no, nonetheless, <laughs> no, I'm messing. I, but you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah, the, the world side. There's, the world yeah. side. Uh the same is true that if you expose yourself to the God side of TikTok slash the Word of God slash, uh, you know, people that are on podcasts now. I mean, if you and I aren't growing, it's our fault. Right. It's our fault because all of the food is there. And so, you know, uh, junk in, junk out. You know, Bubba and Wilbur is going to share a, a little bit of truth on that tomorrow at Bourbon Elementary School. Uh, so uh, I... Consent unto the law that it is good, now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. And, you know, sin begets sin. Uh, I can't speak for you, but when I'm not living right, it just gets easier and easier and easier not to live right. And then when I realize that and I give the Word of God, I'm sorry, when I give the Spirit of God His sword, which is the Word of God, He goes to work, cleans house, and then it's so much easier the next day to do what I've been called to do. Uh, I, I'll, you, I don't know how we're doing on the time, but or are we almost we're good, out? We're good. Uh, I, I've heard people say, Brother Ben, the second Sunday is easier to miss than the first Sunday. And then the third Sunday is easier to miss than the second Sunday. And then after that... Nobody I, missed me. Yeah, right. It, it's hard to go back. But those same people have told me after they've come back... You know what? The reverse is true, too. The first Sunday is the hardest Sunday to come back, but then the second Sunday's easier, and then the third Sunday's easier, and then before you know it, you're in the habit again. You know? So I encourage people to just you know, get, get after it and, and don't, don't give in to that law of sin, if you will. Um, we had someone text in, and it's quite a long text, so I'm not going to be able to read all of it, but it was an excerpt from Billy Graham talking about sin. He just explains sin and with the 
the arrow missing the mark. Um, but at the end is what I wanted to hit is that it says, this is why we need Christ for only he can forgive us all our sins and only he can help us live the way we should. We can't forgive ourselves, nor can we change our hearts and make ourselves better in God's eyes, which I wanted to follow up with the message. So it says, so if I can't be trusted to figure out what is best for myself and then do it, it becomes obvious that God's command is necessary which this is why even though we no longer live under the law, this is why the law is necessary to show us what a, a righteous living looks like. Amen. The Ten Commandments, are, you're just not going to improve upon that. If someone's living after the Ten Commandments, they are living a godly, holy life. Uh, and, and you know, I've always joked, and I got this from Ray Comfort, who doesn't want to live next to someone who's living by the Ten Commandments? <laughs> thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. You want that type of neighbor. Mm. Well, be the neighbor that you want to be, you know, live by and such. All right. Do we have any last thoughts on these verses? The only thing I'd add is, is what you said there. It is really good to define stuff, you know, and, and we didn't do that at the start of this, you know, BRH tonight. But sin is transgressing one of God's laws. That's what sin is. Uh, disobeying a holy God. And, and, you know, God saying one thing, you doing another. That's sin. And it needs to be confessed. Uh, now, one of the things that we struggle with, especially if you get deep into sin, God forgives us, but then we don't forgive ourselves. You know, I can't tell you how many Christians I've talked to. How come you're not serving? Well, you don't know what I've done. No, I don't need to know what you've done. I know what Jesus did on the cross. It's done. It, it, it's, un, you know, in the sea of his forgetfulness. Get busy. <laughs> As you a, know, according to Casting Crowns, from as far as the sea is from the west. Right? That's right. That's right. All right. East. Very good. East. Yeah. East is from. Oh, what did I say? I don't see, know. Sea is from. Sea is from. Well, I told you I'm tired. We um, I even slept in today. So Layla Hampton texted in the answer to our riddle, which is how do you spell cow with 13 letters? And I have Brad put it on the screen. This is how you spell cow with 13 letters: C O W. S e e o d o u b l e y o u c o w. That's that's ingenious. Isn't that good? That's clever. <laughs> I'm proud of you, hon. Did I you got Google it from Google. Up the Latin name for cow. So I, bovis. Oh right, you're trying to think of like no, like how do you literally spell the three-letter word cow with thirteen letters? Porterhouse is thirteen letters. That could have worked. You know what the Chinese word for calf is? No. Young cow. You're ridiculous. Okay, we're going to move on to, you just made the microphone. Dad, dad joke. Uh, the current events. Who would like to share first? I'll go first. Did you guys see, uh, I don't watch a whole lot of hockey, but uh, Adam Johnson, did you guys see that recently? Oh. He uh, died on the ice. Yeah. He got his yes. Throat yeah. slit. Yeah, Pretty much. Was, oh, my goodness. You would, oh, think, you know, oh, you would wow. think, you know, he fell on the ground and, you know, got ran over or something. But, no, the guy, instead of going in and checking him, he like karate kicked him in the throat while they were on the ice. Oh my gosh! And killed him. Yep. Blood out there. On is the that ice. man in jail? He probably wow. should be. I would. I don't know, but I would say he probably should be. Yeah, I would say manslaughter at least. Yeah, I read the article, but they didn't explain how he died. I watched I the video. It's clearly oh on purpose. Goodness. I don't know if he meant to kill him, but he meant yeah. to kick him. Right. So. Wow. You don't kick with short. With a braid. With a blade. Yeah. Wow. Especially not in the throat. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna hit you in my brain. All right. Uh, wow. Yeah. That, uh, any sports accident that results in death, it, it, just so sickening. needless. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And sickening. 
But it, but it does happen. Hmm. Yeah. Right, who's next? Three weeks ago, who would have known who Mike Johnson is? Mike Do you know who Mike Johnson is now? Yeah, speaker of the house. Of the that's house. Right. Who would have thought Mike Johnson came from out of nowhere? And he's and a devoted Christian. Yes, pray for him. Mm, oh pray my for goodness! Pray for success for him. Uh, so I got a text from him. I didn't realize that was him. <laughs> I've been getting emails from I him. Get Fun, from fundraising. Yes, exactly. Uh, exactly. But so, godly man. Yes. Very conservative background, Christian background. So Good. pray for him. Amen. Because the other side, which are the people we're trying to reach, have already accused him of offending our Constitution in the name of, of the Separation Clause, which is not in the Constitution. No. And, and it's, it's just and silly. It doesn't mean what they try to make it Correct. mean. Correct. I do Correct. not think you know what that word means. That, that's right. Um, inconceivable. <laughs> So, anyway, um, I, we, we've got to pray for him, and, yeah. and, and it's a God thing. I mean, you know, guys, I'll be the first to admit, we've got shysters on all sides. That's right. I mean, third party, Democrat, Republican, we've got politicians, and we need statesmen. Amen. We need men and women that go up there to represent their state. That's what they go to do. They don't go there to become rich. They don't go there to be a politician, uh, to schmooze and, and lie and all that. Uh, and I, I hope and pray and think that that's exactly who we've got as Speaker of the House right now is a statesman. There was a day that you didn't call a statesman a politician. It set you straight right here. But that was 150 years ago. Uh, but, you know, we, we need to get back to that. All right, Dad, do you have something you really want to share? I don't because uh, I realized that somehow mm -hmm. I turned current event into something that it wasn't. Uh, okay, uh, well, then I'll finish with mine real fast, which is an artificial intelligence could finally let us talk with animals. This is from the Scientific American. AI is posed to revolutionize our understanding of animal communication. We've looked out at the universe and discovered that Earth was not the center, he says. This is a, a scientist that they are um, interviewing for the article. The power of AI to reshape our understanding of animals, he thinks, will have a similar effect. These tools are going to change the way that we see ourselves in re relation to everything. I've been talking to animals for years. Yeah, but you never <laughs> knew what they were saying. I'd absolutely <laughs> I know what they're saying. <laughs> Well, that is that is the some of the pushback is like, well, even if we do understand what they're saying, it's not going to be conversations like we have. Yeah, it's sure. going to be, you yeah. know, a little bit more rudimentary. I mean, it would help Gavin's uh, business. You, you learn what animals are thinking yes. by being around them. Uh, so, so you, I mean, somebody that works with animals knows what what's about to happen. Yes, about to get bit or kicked or. Have you ever Pooped seen? Have you ever seen a happy neuter patient? I have not. <laughs> yes, and I, and the, you should see the look. The ones that know what's going to happen. Yeah, so, yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It actually was a very long article, well, and I just skipped right. it. So but it, they got really, really yeah, into all I, the details. And this I was is like, really uh, okay. This is an area we really need to keep in perspective because it, it's almost like this is becoming some kind of superpower yeah. or mm -hmm. magical, mystical thing that oh we're going to AI something is gonna man solve has invented. It's all yeah, it is is you have to plug data points into it. That exactly. Yeah. It's yeah, so it's just a matter of who conveys the data. Right. Yeah. It's a compilation of our knowledge, essentially. Yeah. And it's only when they start coming with their own consciousness. Right. Right. 
Like I am. I am robot. Robot. Right. I robot. I robot. Right. That's a great movie. It's a fantastic uh, movie. Oh, I, oh, the the comedian in Branson. He's been talking to animals for years too. You ever seen that guy? You can Google him. Uh, but he's got a little flap on the bottom of his uh, boxer terrier. No. <laughs> and he asks him, "What'd you do today?" And the little dog says, "Cause he's a, a ventriloquist, so he can throw his voice." He says, "Well." I went outside, and I came back in, and then I went outside. <laughs> it was about him going out peeing all day, all day. He does that for two minutes. I went outside. <laughs> People are just rolling at the end of it. It's great. All right, so we can move on to the mystery topic. It was great, I, but I've heard that before. So, <laughs> uh, Mystery topic is between Ryan and Kevin. The Wheel of Mystery. Say, if it's Ryan, we don't have any grandkids. <laughs> have we congratulated the new father? This is his first time. This is his first, first time, time back. Back. Yeah. back. We congratulated you when you weren't here. Oh, well, we yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. How's Maverick doing? He's doing excellent. Awesome. Yep. Had a rough start, but he's doing good now. Yeah, amen. Good. Praise the Lord. He's keeping him up. Yeah. All doing the, doing the usual long. stuff. Yep. Yep. And yeah, gonna you're going to pay for that too. name, Maverick, oh, all yeah. his life. <laughs> he's strong already. It's cool. crazy. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Yeah, All right, so speaking topic. of which, it's a good segue into my mystery topic. So we, we've been lamenting how to pass on our faith to our kids, and part of the study or yeah. the inspiration for the study for the Have a New Kid uh, book is wanting to pass on our, our faith. So the, the, the topic is here, the mystery topic is life advice for young people, for the young people in your life, I should say. So... Uh, if we just maybe go around the, the table with life advice that you want to include either by example or by conveying it and living it and conveying it to your children. Um, give you a second to think of it. I'll, I'll throw a couple out there. So one of my sayings, and my kids could, could finish the statement. I would start the statement and they would finish it. The higher your standards are, and then the kids would finish, the greater your potential will be. So if you have high standards, they protect your potential. If you don't, if you say I'm never going to smoke a marijuana cigarette, you you're likely never going to be addicted to drugs. You're gonna, not going to go down that path. If you say I'm I'm not going to al allow myself to lie or be dishonest to, with myself, you're going to pursue being better yourself. So the higher your standards are, the greater your potential will be. Uh, one comes to mind that. For me, that's done me a lot of good. Was either you master your emotions or we'll master you. One that's or right. two. That's right. I really have liked the let the reality be the teacher point from Have a New Kid by Friday because in the school system, you can just see how many of these kids live completely outside of reality. And it's terrifying to know that they're going to be in reality later. And so I, I always say it's better that they learn the hard facts here where we're in a comfort and a safe space than if they were to learn it out there in the world where they don't have a safe place and, and aren't able to process what they're going through. So I, I like that. So hard topics, do you mean to address hard topics? Right, yeah. Well, yeah. again, like life well, isn't easy, make a so you're not choice, always going to get your way. reality be the teacher, right? right? Yeah, Let them like fail while they're young. Exactly, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. My goodness, uh, dwelling it down to one. Um, oh, no, no, we'll just keep going around until, I got you. until our time's well, up Well, you know, I, I, ever since I heard this, and it was uh, 
Charles Stanley, I think the first person, uh, he wrote a book called The Source of My Strength. And basically, you could sum that book up into that phrase, uh, realizing that Jesus and Jesus alone is your only source of significance and security. And for me, that was such a life-changing deal because in college, uh, we had a class with a preacher that was also a psychologist, and he said, uh, you know, guys, I dare you to, you know, prove this wrong. Women's greatest need is security. Man's greatest need is significance. And as you, because he's talking to preachers, as you counsel and as you work with those folks, you're going to see that time after time after time. And the bottom line is, is that the wife is looking to the husband to meet her security and the husband is looking to the wife to meet his significance. And both of them need to look to Christ for that. But then that's when Christ does the miracle and he does use the husband to, you know, help the wife know that she's secure and, and vice versa. And so, but when, when you get both people looking to Christ, the triangle, as opposed to one another, it's a lot, it's a chain, game changer. And, um, you know, I, I truly, I mean, it, I could care less. I, I could probably be okay in a tent tonight. Well, that's not the case for my wife. But if I'm not making an impact, on people, if, if I'm going to go to my grave and no one's going to remember my name type thing, and most of all that I did live my life for Christ, that destroys me, you know, and, and it also motivates me. Yeah, so, amen. To, to not, to, to to not, not waste my life. To, yeah, yeah. To not mess up. That's not, right. Not to harpoon it at the very end. Right. Another one would be um, when you look at your parents and see what they have, realize that it took them decades to get it, don't expect to go out and have their level of luxury right off the bat. It In takes first year. a long time to Amen. get there. Yeah. So, and, and just, uh, just a few that I put together from, I, I keep a list, and every time one occurs to me, I keep it, I just add it to the list. So in the majority of cases, when you've done everything else right, you only lose if you quit. Mm. So many times people quit and they lose. Some, some, and I don't want to say competitions, but some events in life, you only lose if you quit. Marriage being one of them. You only lose if you quit. Right. Mm. Parenting, you only lose if you quit. Um, so, I also think teaching that humility is one of the most important character traits. Humility will keep you from judging others, and it will also keep you from being too prideful of yourself. And, and see, yourself, see yourself in a more realistic light. And then also encourage you to be better because you'll see where your faults are and then want to want to fix those. You can be so much more flexible with who you are when you're humble. Mm. If you're if you make statements that box you in out of arrogance or or, you know, pride, then you have to be that way. And you go down with the with those statements. Right. Or, exactly. Or you, or you live with those statements either way. Exactly. Um, so. I think another one would be to. Uh, to realize, admit reality, and then face it head on. Like there's, I hear a lot of younger people these days complaining that their parents had it so much easier than they do, and I agree, it fully did. You know, economically, culturally, everything was just easier. You know, 20, 30 years ago. But that is a valid point, but that's no reason to you know cower underneath it. If if you realize where you're at, you realize that you do have it harder than the previous generation. You still. You can either so sit and whine about it, or you can face it head on. You can make your own life out there, of it. There, there's two sides of that because right. we see it as as 
you've got it easier. That next generation has it easier. In what way? But we're looking at different way, different yeah. things. Uh, so culturally, you've got it harder. The phone, yeah. Yeah. But You're, you have more information available yeah. to you. I right. agree with that. Yeah. Right. So, so it, it's there's two sides to that. One well, way. I can see your you ever side. drove a Chevy a three on a tree? <laughs> <laughs> One way I heard it put is that. But but it, I, I agree, yeah, Ryan. It, it, I do. I, but there's two sides. Yeah, to yeah, I, I can sides. See yeah it's not the easier challenges. in every way. Yeah, right, right, right. right. Yeah. yeah. One the, way I heard it. Sorry, Uncle Gavin. No, we no, just no, keep no, talking. No, is that um, it used to be easier? It was hard on their bodies, but easier on their souls. Mm -hmm. And now it's easy on our bodies and hard on our souls. And mm -hmm. I and I really like That's that. That's way to put it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that. So, and and <laughs> you know the the whole chasm right now of the workplace can't get anybody to work, you know, and, and, and that's a real problem, you know, and, and for young people to not be motivated by $20 an hour, you know, or whatever the case, I, I mean, when I was well, in college, excited about making a life, I, that, I just don't yes, get that. that I don't, right. yeah, right. to me, like the 20 bucks is not worth 20 bucks anymore, but the yeah. not making a life, I don't, I'll never understand that. Right. Don't you, you have any ambition you want to go out and make right. a family, anything? Yeah. It's yeah. sad. Yeah. It, it, it is sad. And uh, so evaluation, you got to evaluate, you know, and, and you, again, those of you that are exposed to my preaching, you know, I hit on that quite a bit, maybe too much. I don't know. But uh, you got to check in with God. You got to check in with your significant other. You got to check in with your kids. You got to check in with your neighbors. How am I doing? And, and you know, am I doing okay? Uh, and the such. And, and that will... I mean, that alone will humble you. Right. You know? Right. I think that's a good answer. Uh, Jamie texted in. But if I do all these things and try my best, will they turn out better than me? This is my goal. But sometimes I wonder if I will hit the mark. It feels exhausting at times. And I think constant evaluations can answer that question. Like, am I doing it? Am I hitting the mark? Mm -hmm. And then you can see where you're not hitting the mark and, and you know, work to improve those areas. For sure. I said last week, too, the... I think it's critical that your kids see you struggling. Oh my! They see you struggle with that spiritual. I, I failed. I, I got to get. I got to make this right. That, um, or they may not understand that it is a struggle for you to do it in the first place. To do something in the first place, like pr pray every day or study every day or come to church every uh, service. They, they may not realize that it's hard for you. Some some of that's hard for you. So you let your kids see some of that struggle. I think it's real important. Very good. I'm going to end real fast on this text from another audience member. He gave eight um, things to help discipline your kids or disciple. Sorry, your kids. Set realistic <laughs> expectations. See Switch. family discipleship as a way of life, not a program. Focus on Jesus. Be a guide, not a general. Feed your own growth. Teach your example. Teach by your example. Connect them deeply into your church and pray with them for them. And for Very them. Good. Pray with them and for them. Good. And anywhere, anywhere, I think one of the most impactful things to a kid is if someone walks up to you in Walmart and tells you a, a heartbreaker, stop right there. Can, can, and I mean, and I'm, I don't, I'm not telling you to ignore your kid, but, but just re, let your kid be who they are, but you just stay in that moment with that adult, I'm assuming it's going to be, and you just ask them, can I pray with you? And just let your kid watch and pray. And, and I mean pray, you know, because uh, that has been some of the most impactful times for me is to humble myself 
and let someone pray over me in a public setting. But it's also been some of the most powerful times when I am asked, and, you know, the Holy Spirit says, you need to pray with this person. And, I, and can I tell you, there's nothing more humbling and hurtful than for that person to walk away and the Holy Spirit, mm. you just blew it. Mm. You just blew it. I brought him to you <laughs> to do this. And and I've chased a few people down <laughs> type thing because I, yeah, I, I don't do well shame. with that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Same here. All right. Very good mystery topic. Thank you, Uncle Gavin. All right, so our break is would you rather, would you rather always be hungry or always be tired? Ooh. Wait a hungry. minute. That's where, that's where I'm that's living right that's, now. That's <laughs> almost the same as what mine was. So. That's <laughs> Hungry. Yeah, I yeah. I'd, I'd rather, I mean, I don't think I've ever experienced it in my 58 years of life, but I, I would rather be hungry than tired. No, I would think I'd rather be tired because I feel like I already live my life tired. What, what if you get really tired when you eat? Well, that's what Larry used to say about his two twin boys. They don't ever get full. They just get tired. Yeah, I just get so sleepy after I eat now, so I get full and tired. So. Mine was basically just the extreme version of that because I've done both. It was rather not eat for 24 hours or not sleep for 24 hours. Ooh. I would much rather not eat for 24 hours. Yes. I've done it Ditto. before. It's it's. A walk in the park compared to not sleeping for 24 hours. <laughs> no, both. Yes. not me. I would rather not food. sleep. So I've got a, a funny, well, a light one and then a serious one. Would you rather eat chocolate and coffee or chocolate and milk for the rest of your life for dessert? Choose one. Wait, do I, is it just chocolate and coffee or can I also have like cream in there? Like, can I make a mocha? <laughs> no. No, it's chocolate and coffee or chocolate and milk. Are we talking about like chocolate-covered coffee beans? <laughs> no. Coffee and chocolate, coffee and milk, or chocolate and milk. You're chocolate messing. milk. All right. Because I don't want the caffeine to keep me up at night. There you go. Yeah, if I could drink something else, it doesn't have to be milk. Right. Yeah, I'd do so chocolate and I thought this was coffee. an interesting one. Would you rather interview oh, – well, I'm sorry, you guys didn't oh, answer. No coffee. I'm not a no coffee No coffee, guy. so yeah. chocolate and milk. So chocolate and coffee, as long as I can have some water. I got you. Right, well, sure. Can Uncle Gavin give one of his? Sure. Thanks. Yeah, Uncle Gavin, do you have oh, one? Yes. Would you rather? So would you rather cook dessert or the main course? Oh, the main dessert. course. Main, main course. course. Yeah. <laughs> dessert. Look, we got a whole meal here. So I was a bachelor for seven years or roughly. The main course was dessert. <laughs> <laughs> you would eat the main course and then you would eat more of the main course. <laughs> So, uh, would you rather interview the leader of Hamas or Benjamin Netanyahu after truth serum was administered? After truth serum. I think I would rather interview the leader of Hamas so that his... You could help his, Benjamin Netanyahu. His evil, yeah, could be exposed. Because there's, unfortunately, some sympathizers. And I mm. think, I would hope that Many when they would sympathizers. hear... Yeah. I would hope well, that. I mean, they already say it publicly anyway, what they're doing. Uh, well, they, that's the very true. They're not. They just don't listen. They don't hide it. <laughs> but that's yeah, a good one. I don't it, know. You, you, the, their ideology is exposed more now than it ever has been, and they're unvarnished, un, just raw methods are exposed. I mean, it's just not even trying to hide it, not trying to. They're not ashamed of it. They're not bragging about it. it. They're. Right. Um, 
I heard Goodness. it put one way, you know, the Nazis tried to hide what they do, but these people do the same thing and brag about it. Right. That right. kind of shows right. video. who's on the right side there. Yeah. Wow. I'm agreeing with all you guys, but I, I would rather, not because I doubt him, but because I believe I know what would come out. So I'd, ra I'd rather interview Netanyahu. I, I, I'm a huge fan supporter. I always want him to be the prime minister type thing because I know what he's going to do. He's going to stand up for Israel, you know, and as such. Um, what would you ask him when he had the truth serum? How confident are you you're going to get through this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, How do we defeat Hamas finally? Right. Yeah, yeah. There, I, there's some other things <laughs> that I, I don't. It would have to be behind closed doors. It probably, yeah. Uh, I again, j just because you know there there are people out there that believe that they set Hamas up, that that that, that they did this just to land grab. Mm -hmm. So I, that's a question I'd ask him. Yeah. You know, uh, I think Seems I know a the little, answer. A little dubious since they, yeah. you know, gave away the land already. So right. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't make it look and, like it's and a offered to make it a state. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I've heard, you know, people say, well, it's because they were so oppressed that they're lashing out. Right. What level of oppression to you personally would cause you to go and behead babies and rape people and right. burn them alive? There's no level of oppression that right. naturally drives you to do that. Yeah. And, and there is just, again, you know, for, for me. And, and I think everyone is, is, what would the word be? They have a right to their opinion, you know, and, and as such. Uh, but, but, I mean, I obviously don't agree with it. Uh, and the people that I trust, trust Israel, you know. Um, so, I, 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 it's a struggle uh, because I want to be fair and I want to listen. But, but that, that came to me is thinking about would you rather, I, to me, you know, and I don't know. Some people say yes, there is truth serum, and some people say no, there's no such thing. But if there was, and I had the opportunity, I I I'd probably put it in both of them, but uh, and have a little fun. But uh, so All there right. you go. So we only have about not enough minutes to do have a new kid by Friday. Well, so whose we're gonna fault is that? yours. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It is kind of yours, but I didn't want to speak over it. It was a good conversation. I let good conversations right. flow. And we do have enough time. It's just going to be a little faster well, than I mean, normal. we almost got through it last week. It is, week, yes. Or whenever yes. that was. And so I, there, there were a few things. Week. No, you were here last week. Two there weeks were a few ago. things I definitely wanted to hit. And um, he labeled out what an authoritative or responsible parent looks like. Um, so I just wanted to read those bullet points. Gives the child choices and formulates guidelines with him. Provides the child with decision-making opportunities. Develops consistent, loving discipline. Holds the child accountable. Lets reality be the teacher. And conveys respect, self-worth, and love to the child. And therefore enhances a child's self-esteem. Um, and so I, I liked to... He moves on to it's all about connection. Correct. And I, I want us to hit on that really hard. But yeah. before we do, may I just read the bullet points of Monday and Tuesday? If someone's listening for the first time. Uh, yeah. How to have a new kid by Friday. Uh, so what to do on Monday. Observe what's going on in your house. What areas in your relationship with your child really bother you. Number two, think about how you would like things to change. Number three, decide to take the bull by the horns. Number four, expect great things to happen. And then on Tuesday... What is your attitude toward your kids? How does your behavior reveal your attitude? 
Number three, what changes do you need to make in your behavior toward your children? Number four, what kind of character do you want to be known for? How can you get there? And then uh, we'll get to Wednesday here in a minute. But what you just said there about the connection, he says something uh, on page uh, 61 that I've been saying for years, uh, and, and so it's not one of those things where I'm trying to say he got it from me on any level. Uh, I'm saying I just love it when smart people say the same thing I've been saying. Yeah. Uh, the This whole thing of relationship versus rules. You know, we are accused as a Baptist faith of being legalistic and being too strong and hard on rules. Okay, well, I'll own that. Uh, I'll be the first to say, though, that there's other groups out there that have taken it to a whole, whole new level. But what we do is we try to point people to the areas where God has put his circle around and make sure they understand that's not God saying you can't have fun. That's God saying don't hurt yourself. Well, if you're not careful and it's just all rules, 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 when that child gets out of your house, I mean, the restraints are gone. The chains are off. And that's why a lot of times you get that rebellion and the such. So one of the things, you know, back, Jamie, to your uh, text, one of the things that you have to do is make sure that they never see this as two separate things. The rules are protection. And they're given to you because of the God, uh, you know, your God, and he loves you, and it's about relationship. This is how he puts it. You can't run a family by rules if there's no connection between family members. If you try to, you'll always have an adversarial relationship. Your children will know that no matter what they say, do, or look like, you'll be playing judge and jury. If that's the way your home is run, no wonder you get knee-jerk reactions every time you try to talk to your kids. <clears throat> what we used to say rules without relationship is uh, abuse, uh, and then and then relationship without rules is license, you know, uh, and, and so you you got to have rules, relationship, and love, you know. Uh, rules are protect or to protect the relationship. That's right. Keep it wholesome, right. and healthy. How are we on time? We have a few minutes. Um, I was just seeing if other people. This had just brought to up say. another uh, another opportunity to say this to parents, to younger parents. I wish I had learned this earlier than I did. Talk to your kids as early as possible, like they're already responsible adults. Right. Amen. You're, you're giving them permission to have healthy self-talk. You're giving them permission to say, "I, I'm, I'm successful. I'm, I can be successful. I can do the right thing." Um, I. I I think parents, I just, the parenting I, I started with, I caught. Uh, ultimately, I hope I corrected or, or um, at least got to a place where I could talk to my kids where they're already responsible adults. And trust me, in a lot of cases, that was in, in faith. <laughs> so that was a, a step of faith. But they ultimately will be. Mm -hmm. And that's our hope and our prayer that mm -hmm. they will be. So talk to them that way. And it almost puts on them uh, a little bit of a an obligation right. to, to prove that. I really like the the example that he kind of showed talking about how like when you have um, your child, they give a stupid or out of the blue comment instead of reacting to it, like saying like, well, that's ridiculous or whatever. I've never heard 
or never thought about it that way, tell me more. Again, then encouraging them to yeah. talk, again, like, like an adult. Like that's how we would it is a dumb comment or that it, there, there's a place they're coming through that coming from that you didn't see. Right, right, exactly. Um, and so, I, again, there was something else. I was trying to find it where it was, and I can't yet. Uh, page 62, he says, you don't need a Ph.D. You don't need to have a lot of money. You have all you need. You know, the biggest secret of all, your child wants to please you. She or he can't stand it when they know you're unhappy with them. They want to know you are a team. Yes, all this is true. Right. I did like how he brought up that you may not have much, but what you have is all you need. And your children need to hear you brag on them. And, and you know, sometimes your children need to hear you say, boy, they have really frustrated me all day long. But I love the little boogers, you know, and, and such of that nature. But, but they need to hear you brag on them. Uh, to top of page 63, what kind of legacy are you going to leave for them if you want them to be healthy, independent thinkers who are kind and giving to others? Now is the time to start, and you can start by changing yourself. So, again, you need to mirror the type of person that you want them to be. If you are, and, and I, I'm not throwing any firebrands here because we all have been there at some point in time, but if you are scatterbrained and, you know, struggling all the time, that's what you're going to produce. So there may be a, you know, come to the Lord moment where you have to realize that I am putting the wrong picture in front of my kids. Yes, they need to see you struggle, but they also need to see yeah. you. Yeah, and you could take that opportunity to speak positivity into them too. I struggle with this, but I see that you don't. I see that you don't have this this struggle with me. So don't don't take my example. That's right. At least take take uh, to heart my, the, my struggle against it. Uh, so so when all of my kids were when they'd hit about sixteen, if I set a bad example, I would tell them, please don't treat my grandkids like this. <laughs> uh, so what to do on Wednesday? What kind of parents, parenting style do you have? How does your child respond to this parenting style? How can you adapt your parenting style to be more balanced? In what ways can you emphasize relationship in your home? I also really liked, I, I'm going to end it with this segment. He said that this was a speech given by Jay Newser, I think, at Brown U University in 1981. Um, and this was to a, a graduating class. We, the faculty, take no pride in our educational achievements with you. With us, you could argue about why your errors were not your errors, why mediocre work was really excellent, why you could take pride in routine and slipshod pre presentation. For four years, we created an altogether forgiving world in which whatever slight effort you gave was all that was demanded. When you did not keep appointments, we made new ones. When, you, when your work came in beyond deadline, we pretended not to care. Why? Despite your fantasies, it's not even that we wanted to be liked by you. It was that we did not want to be bothered, and the easy way out was pretense, smiles, and easy bees. Few professors actually care whether or not they are liked by peer paralyzed adolescents. Fools so shallow as to imagine professors care not about education, but about popularity. It was, again, to get rid of you. So go and learn the lies we taught you. Ooh. Parent, how much do you care? How much do you want to be bothered? What kind of foundation are you building for your children? And what kind of lies are you teaching through your parenting style? And how are you preparing them for the future? Start with the end in mind and keep the focus on your relationship, not the rules. That yeah, one that was good. That did yeah, hurt. It was good. W one last piece of advice, too. 
you've got to, and this is the truth, tell your kid often and early, there are two people on this planet that love you more than anyone else besides God, and that's your mom and dad. No one else loves you yet like your mom and dad does. You can, hopefully your husband or your wife will, but your mom and dad love you more than anyone else. So think about that before you go taking other people's advice that goes against your mom and dad. Because guess what? When that turns sideways and you end up in jail or in hospital or whatever, are they going to be there by your side? Probably not. But your mom and dad will be. And, and I, I don't know, Molly, if I ever had to tell you that because Molly was an awesome kid. I was kid. an angel. She was an angel. Still is. Uh, Benjamin and... Tony, they were from the other side, and <laughs> and but 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 that advice worked, and 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 because it, it's true, it's absolutely true. Yep. You've got friends that are just being friends, and they're giving horrible, unbiblical advice, and so your kids need to have heard from you that well, wait a minute, my parents love me, and they've told me the exact opposite of what my friends are telling me. I think I'm going to go with my parents' advice. So nothing but the best for you. Mom said Angel is pushing it. <laughs> All right, Ryan, do you have a Proverbs or Psalms for us? No, because I thought it was somebody else's Oh, oh so. okay. No problem. We will just skip that this week. So thank you guys for joining us tonight. Invite your friends, neighbors, and relatives to next week and share the word on your socials. Thank Excellent you. Excellent crowd. Thank you. And good night. <laughs>